You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? Hope you're doing well. We are back into our sermon series, Word to the Wise. Uh, last week we didn't have a message because we did a young adults Thanksgiving meal, which was awesome. Uh, but if you remember a couple weeks ago, we walked through a portion of Proverbs chapter three. The week before that, we jumped around a little bit throughout the book of Proverbs and talked about friendships. This week we're going to touch on a different passage, um, and we're going to talk about forgiveness. And forgiveness is kind of a, a sensitive topic because it presents itself in so many different ways throughout our lives. Undoubtedly, we have been on both sides of forgiveness, right? Sometimes uh, we get the opportunity to forgive. Sometimes we are the ones in need of forgiveness. And while we're walking through specific Proverbs in the series, one of the overarching messages of all Scripture is that we are a people who are in desperate need of forgiveness and that we get to serve a God who offers that forgiveness. And as I was thinking about and praying about what to speak on this week, I kept coming across Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9. It says, Love prospers. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. And forgiveness just kept coming up over and over and over again. And there are definitely some different Proverbs that talk about forgiveness. But a couple verses throughout Scripture uh, just kept popping into my mind. So we're going to go in that direction. So full disclosure, I'm going to kind of cheat on the sermon series and not stick to just Proverbs. Um, It was inspired by a proverb, though, so it counts, right? (laughs) I just feel like I need to speak on forgiveness. So we're going to do just that. And what I want to do is I want to look at forgiveness through a couple different perspectives. But before we get into it, um, just know that uh, forgiveness is a huge part of what it means to follow Jesus. It's vitally important that we understand that forgiveness is something crucial to our walk with the Lord. So let's let's start here. Uh, the first point is this, is that we are all in need of forgiveness. We are all in need of forgiveness. Romans chapter 3, verses 23 through 24 says this, For all have sinned, all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So one of the foundational truths that we must live from if we want to follow Jesus is that we are imperfect people in need of a perfect Savior. If that is a posture that we can live out of, It will create in us people who are willing to walk this life out humbly and with an appropriate perspective. If you or I think that we have nothing to be forgiven for, we are lying to ourselves or we are ignorant or we're probably both. All have sinned. That's what Romans says. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But this is the beautiful thing about this verse, is that there's not a period, it's not the end of the statement, there's a semicolon, which means this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. However, they are justified freely, not by what they do, not by what they say, not by what they accomplish, they are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The thought is not finished. We all are justified freely by his grace. So yes, we are all in need of forgiveness, but forgiveness is offered to each and every one of us if we are willing to surrender our lives to Jesus. The message of Christ is not just a declaration of a broken world. It's not just a a presentation of the problem. Like, hey, you are all broken, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, full stop, good luck. There's an 
a solution presented. So the problem isn't just presented. The solution is presented, and the solution is Jesus. We get to model ourselves after Jesus in every single way. I think something that we have to realize is that identifying our need of forgiveness should lead us to living a life of forgiveness. We are human, so that is anything but easy. However, Scripture is full of instruction on how we do just that. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says this, And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. So the next point is this. We are forgiving because we are forgiven. We are forgiving because we are forgiven. Jesus set the example, and then he did this. Then he empowered us through his spirit to do the same. I fully understand this, is that the the forgiveness does not come naturally to many of us. That when we are wronged, we have a hard time forgiving other people because we take it personally because relationships are hard and people do stupid stuff and and we we can be offended and we can be hurt and it's really difficult for us to step into forgiveness. It's also really hard for us to ask for forgiveness because we want to be defensive and we want to justify ourselves. And so stepping into forgiveness or asking forgiveness, allowing forgiveness to others, none of it is easy, but it says this. It says that he will leave his spirit, that through his spirit, We are able to do the same. So it's not just about our natural ability to forgive or ask for forgiveness. It's by asking Jesus, asking the Spirit to move in us and through us and creating us in us a posture of forgiveness. Not by our own might, not by our own tendencies, but by Jesus and Jesus alone. Also, Jesus never asked us to do something that he wasn't willing to do himself. It's one of the most incredible things about following Jesus is that he is not absent or unaware of the human struggle. Human uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. He's been tempted in every way. He's been tempted in every way. It's important that we understand that the temptation to step away from forgiveness, to step out of forgiveness, was present for Jesus too. And yet he leaned in. What we have to understand is that when we are are feeling the pull of our humanity to to, to pull us out of asking for forgiveness or pulling us out of or uh, offering forgiveness to the people around us, we have to remember that Jesus set the bar that he was someone who throughout the New Testament is full of specific instances where he forgives. I mean, you could look at the most poignant example in human history is Jesus is hanging on a cross, looking at people who beat him, who mocked him, who, who spit in his face, who brought him to the brink of death and then now have hung him on the cross so that he will die. And he looks at them and he doesn't say anything other than this. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. That when he is speaking directly to these people or about these people, he isn't saying, make their lives hard. Make them regret doing this. Make them feel all of these specific ways. Bring those lightning bolts down. No. He looks at the people, and the thing that he says about the people is, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. My humanity hears that, and I'm like, screw that. I would be the one calling for all the lightning bolts. I'd be like, man, they keep mocking me, saying that I could bring in angel armies to rescue me. And yes, I could, so I'm going to. Like, I'm going to show these people what's up. But luckily, 
I am not Jesus. <laughs> Luckily, we have a perfect Savior who did perfect things. And one of the perfect things about Jesus is that even in a moment like that, as he is forgiving the sins of the world, as he is removing our transgressions from us, he looks at a very specific group of people who are doing a very specific thing and says, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. We get to watch Jesus live his life, and we learn a ton of different truths about forgiveness and the role that it should play in our lives. So let's walk through a few things that Scripture communicates about forgiveness. Now, before we jump into these different things, I think it's important to highlight that forgiveness and forgetfulness are not the same thing. Forgiveness and forgetfulness are not the same thing. Some of us have been wronged in major ways, and I do not want to come off as someone who is telling you just to move on. Just forgive. Just move on. That is not what I'm trying to communicate. And for some of us, we have wronged others in major ways, and I am never going to communicate that we do not need to experience accountability for the things that we have done. We need to be held accountable for the ways that, that we have interacted with the world that require forgiveness for our own lives. But it's important that we understand this. Forgiving and forgetting. Forgiving and forgetting are not synonyms. They're not synonyms. You can forgive without forgetting. You can forgive without making yourself vulnerable to being hurt by the same people in the same ways or different people in the same ways or by the same people in different ways, whatever it may be. Forgiving and forgetting are not synonyms, but it is absolutely necessary that we understand that forgiveness is essential to moving forward into the plans that God has for us. Forgiveness is essential to moving forward into the plans that God has for us. Matthew chapter 16, verses 14 through 15 say this, For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. This is Jesus himself speaking to the disciples immediately after laying out the Lord's Prayer. So we have the disciples who come to Jesus and say, Hey Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he says, this is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Right? He lays out this beautiful prayer. And then he ends it and says this. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. And this is what it means. Is that forgiveness is an expectation. Forgiveness is an expectation. It is clear that Jesus is making this a big deal for a reason. Forgiveness is not a secondary quality that we hope to step into someday. It is essential to following Jesus. If we understand, if we understand the gravity of what Jesus did to make us forgiven, what excuses do we have to harbor unforgiveness towards others? If we understand the gravity of what Jesus did to make us forgiven, what excuses do we have to harbor unforgiveness towards others? Now, this doesn't mean that we rush into flippantly saying that we forgive someone. What it means is that we do the difficult, deep work of intentional pursuit of authentically forgiving those who have wronged us. It's hard work. It's difficult work to intentionally pursue authentic forgiveness. Too often, I think we kind of look at forgiveness like little kids. And here's what I mean by that. I have three beautiful kids, 10, 9, and 4. My house is constantly filled with 
Maddox, stop doing this. Zara, stop doing that. Ow, do that ever. Ow, ow. It's constant. There's constantly things going on. It's beautiful noise under the Lord, I'm sure. It gets really frustrating for a dad. And I have to constantly pull my kids apart. I know that they love each other. But here's what we do in our house. One, we make them look at the person they've hurt and say, I'm sorry. But the other thing that we do is have them look back at the person who has hurt them and say, I forgive you. Look your brother in the eye and say, I forgive you. Here's the problem. Sometimes that forgiveness that's offered is a little bit through gritted teeth, right? It's, I'm sorry, and it's, I forgive you. It's not authentic. It's checking a box. They're kids, so we kind of allow it, <laughs> and and that happens. But too often as adults, in our actual human adult relationships where things are usually bigger than somebody stepping on somebody's toy or somebody taking something or whatever it may be. But sometimes we're like, yeah, yeah, I forgive you. I, I just want to avoid the authentic forgiveness part of this. We're like doing the deep work of actually knowing if I, in my spirit, are, for, are forgiving of you. No, no, yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. Let's just move on. Let's move past it. Actually, I won't even say anything to you, right? We, we tend to do that. We tend to be people who flippantly forgive instead of doing the deep, intentional work of pursuing authentic forgiveness. When we issue forgiveness to others, we need to mean it. And when we want others to forgive us, we want them to do the same for us, right? At the end of the day, it's necessary that we know that it is a stated expectation of Jesus. Just like I expect my kids to forgive one another, he expects the same from us. Forgiveness is an expectation. But why? Why is it an expectation? Why is it so important? Here are a couple reasons. There's a multitude of reasons. But here's a couple reasons why forgiveness is an expectation. First, a lack of forgiveness gets in the way of our fellowship with God. A lack of forgiveness gets in the way of our fellowship with God. Now hear me, I'm not saying that God will not fellowship with us unless every human relationship in our life is perfectly reconciled. If we are not in perfect reconciliation with every human being, the people that we know that we've offended, the people that we don't, the people that have offended us, the people who don't know that they've offended us, all those things, God will not fellowship with us. That's not what I'm saying. But there's this really beautiful encouragement found in Matthew chapter 5 that I think that we could use as a framework. It says this, so if you're offering your gift on the altar... And there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother or sister. And then and then come and offer your gift. You see, when we are in need of forgiveness or there's someone that we are in conflict with, God wants us to do whatever we can to find reconciliation in those relationships before we try to step into a season of, of um honoring God with a gift or, or stepping into his presence, those things. It, he wants us to be reconciled in our human relationship. So it's not a distraction, a lack of forgiveness, a lack of reconciliation in the, in our human horizontal relationships will serve as a distraction ship, a distraction ship, a distraction in our relationship with God. A lack of forgiveness gets in the way of our fellowship with God. I've had too many instances in my life and you probably have too, where personal conflict, a relationship with conflict without reconciliation has caused me to suffer in other areas of my life. That, that some kind of unreconciled relationship makes me less effective at work. It makes me less, less effective as a husband, as a father, as a pastor. Because I'm so caught up in the pain 
and the frustration and the offense that's happening with someone. And so what Matthew is saying here in this moment, the gospel is saying this, it's saying you need to reconcile your relationships to the best of your ability so that you can come and offer your gifts to God without the distraction of what is happening. Because here's the truth. If I am full of bitterness, if I am full of resentment towards someone, how can I become who God has called me to be? If I am full of resentment, if I'm full of bitterness, how can I become who God has called me to be? Our lives are supposed to be a living sacrifice, right? We are, we are putting our lives on the altar to our king. We are putting our lives on the altar to our creator. And what this is saying is that if we live from a place of unforgiveness, it is an unwillingness to surrender or sacrifice that part of our lives. If God has called us to forgiveness, if God has called us to reconciliation, and we are unwilling to do that, it, is me, it means that we have an unwillingness to sacrifice or to lay down that part of our life on the altar to our God. We need to be people who don't let unforgiveness get in the way of our fellowship with God. Lastly, another reason that forgiveness is so important is because forgiveness makes room for people. Forgiveness makes room for people. We all understand that, that the word imperfect uh, would be a great word to describe all of us. We are imperfect, broken, messy, fallible. When we become people of forgiveness, we are making space for one another to figure out what it means to live a life submitted to Jesus. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 13 say this, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. It's like there's a theme through scripture. You have been forgiven, so you should do what? Forgive. It says this, we are holy and dearly loved. And because of that, we are called to put on what? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. It says bearing with one another, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Another translation would say it this way, to make allowance for others' mistakes, to make space, to make room for others' mistakes. God has made room for us, all of us, as followers of Jesus, it is our calling to make room for others. We don't have to make excuses for others. We don't have to make excuses for ourselves, but we must make room because what happens when we can create space, when we can make room for people, when we, when we say, I forgive you, what we are doing is we are giving them room to grow into the person that God has called them to be. When someone forgives us, it's permission. It's permission for us to grow into the spaces that we need to grow into. Man, you need to grow in this area. I forgive you. Man, okay, this gives me the opportunity. This gives me the space to grow. If we can do that, if others can do the same for us, we become a collective people who are very much in a collective process. And when we can do that as individuals, we come to a realization that we are all in an individual process. And it's a process that is moving us towards the one who forgave us first. We forgive one another. We ask for forgiveness. We offer forgiveness because it makes room for people. I think that would be an incredible thing to be defined as, a community of people who makes room, 
who makes space, and who lives a life of forgiveness. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.